Welcome to the fourth episode of Once I Was Colonized, where two girls discuss much more than two ideas on socio-political issues. I'm Indu. And I'm Young Sa, and on today's episode, Defying Racism, we'll be discussing reclamation of slurs. If anybody can guess how the hell we're coming up with these episode titles, we'll give you a prize or something. <laughs> um, if there are any topics that you want to hear us discussing, Talk to us at Once I Was Colonized on Instagram or Once Colonized on Twitter. So to start today's episode, I want to talk about a rock band called The Slant. So this is a Portland-based all-Asian-American rock band that named itself the slants in reference to the idea that East Asians have slanted eyes. But also, it also has the meaning of, first of all, it sounds like an 80s thing, according to the founder. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also not to slanted guitar scales or the slanted perspective that the founder had living as a person of color. And this band was formed in 2004, and they were doing pretty well. And... Like, they were on NPR's All Songs Considered. They were playing at, like, anime conventions <laughs> and, like, other things, too. So, when they were, like, doing well, their lawyer recommended that they should trademark their band name. And the federal government rejected their application for trademark, citing Section 2A of the 1946 Trademark Act that said that, basically, that the slant was an ethnic slur and it couldn't be made into a trademark. But the thing is, I don't know if these events, these were trademarked, but in Houston, there's a film festival called the Slant Film Festival. And there's also a documentary about Asian American actors called The Slanted Screen. So calling East Asians primarily, I would assume, calling Asians the slants was something that was already going on before this band was formed in a form of like reclamation. Um, one yeah. thing that I find really interesting is that, mm-hmm. like, a lot of famous trademarked, uh, logos that, like, we know today to be super racially biased, uh, like, were, s- aren't subject to this law, either because it was, they were made before the creation of the law, which was 1946, mm-hmm. so, like, right now, like, if we talk about the Washington Redsti- Redskins, they were founded in 1932, so mm-hmm. they wouldn't because of, like, the ex post facto stuff. Like, none of these, like, super racially charged logos would be subject to this law just because of the fact that Mm -hmm. they were founded... Like, the the Washington Redskins was founded in 1932. Uh So, like, there's still violations of, like, basic human respect happening, and this law isn't doing anything to stop those, but when people who want to, like... uh, gain control of their identity, try to do something, this law applies to them, so. Yeah, I mean, I would assume that this law was made with good intent. Right. To, like, prevent, I don't know, something like people against chinks or something like that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I actually, during my research, I found that there's a public school where their mascot was the chinks oh for a while. Like, it's uh, not anymore, but apparently that yeah. was something that had happened. That's a great noise, Hindu. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the slants um, appealed with lots of supporting documentation that reached almost almost uh, 2,000 pages and talked about how all the members were Asian-American and they're reclaiming the slur 
and also a national survey of Asian Americans who like supported this and letters of support from local Asian American community leaders, but they still lost. So they got a new lawyer and that new lawyer was like, hey guys, we cannot win this by saying we're gonna reclaim a slur, like it's not gonna happen. So now we have to take like an ethnically neutral approach. So this time when they appealed, they didn't send in any documentation, any photographs of the band members. Mm -hmm. And the only way that the government could assume that the members were Asian was, you know, by their last names. Mm -hmm. But then it still got rejected because the appellant, appellant? Is that the right word? Appealer? Appellant? Plaintiff? No. Wait, what do you mean? Okay, let's just Oh, the person who's appealing the court case. It's not even like a court... Is it a court case? Anyway, the appellant is like (laughs) an Asian American and the group is comprised of people who identify as Asian American. So the government found that it's inevitable that the band name would be associated with the racial slur and they couldn't do it. And the funny thing is each time they rejected the claim the proof that the government attorney used was an urban dictionary entry and a picture of Miley Cyrus slanting her eyes and I'm sure that they also use other stuff but the entire fact that they decided to use an urban dictionary entry Mm -hmm. for this shows how stupid this is right yeah at one point like this is a little unrelated from the case but my dad was at the Target parking lot and this white kid who was maybe like eight or nine just like you know did the eye thing at my dad Mm -hmm. because white kids are like that and my dad was like did you do that to me and the kid was like uh no i did it to somebody else over there and my dad was like who i'm the only asian i see here and he was like ah and the kid ran away yeah that's something that happened and i think my dad like dealt with it really well he said that like he doesn't I hate the kid because the kid really didn't know any better. But the fact that the kid obviously knew that what he was doing was very wrong, but he still felt that he could do it. And I think that just shows how systematically like um, enabled why people are to be racist. Uh, so what you just said yeah. reminds me like when I was in like, third grade or fourth mm-hmm. grade and i still went to paragon uh, <laughs> like and that school okay, wait, i don't think we can say the school name just say oh, yeah, yeah. my old okay, school you can okay so my old school that you yeah, say say the whole sentence oh okay so because you have to edit okay so that reminds me when i was in third or fourth grade at my old school which young so went to like a year after i left no, uh, I went like four years after you left. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, she went to the same school as me, and that school's like majority like what like Muslim ma- majority Muslim, and but there's like a lot of like Asian. Yeah, kids. like a lot of yeah. like Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't think anybody can understand what that school is like without going there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> super like i guess it's like a close-knit community or whatever yeah but um and there was this like during lunch like all the girls would go outside and play like 
jump rope or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever girls do yeah. and like we would like uh like there would be like hand games and stuff like that it was all fun and we all already we would always learn new songs like every day and so this one time one of my friends who actually both of us are friends with uh <laughs> started who is this? I'm not telling you. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, started doing this, started singing this song, and it was like Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these. And for Chinese and Japanese, they would like stretch their eyes out, like oh. to like simulate what it would look like <laughs> if they were Japanese or Chinese. And I felt. I felt so incredibly uncomfortable, and I knew it was wrong when it happened, but I didn't say anything, and sometimes I still think about that, and it's like, why didn't I say anything? I knew it was very weird and wrong, and then, and her best friend was like this white girl, and she started doing it, and then I felt so, like, I feel like it felt less wrong to me when she did it, because she wasn't white, but... Mm -hmm she was neither Chinese nor Japanese, and so she had no right to be doing that. And even if she was one of those races, it like, still would have been incredibly weird and offensive. Yeah. And the fact that, like, little kids were doing it means that these kinds of ideas about how, like, Asian people are different from others, especially East Asian people, because of their, like, facial structure or whatever it is, <laughs> is, like, so, so deeply ingrained in us from childhood and people are like making up rhymes to do it and it's somehow really funny in order to like try to be like that yeah i know it's yeah disgusting yeah so the founding member of slant actually talks about his childhood experience uh he said that this was from an article that he wrote for new york times as an opinion column thing he talks about how He grew up in San Diego, and at, like, the basketball courts, the other kids would, like, throw balls and rocks and call him, like, a gook or a jab. And then at one point, he was like, I'm a chink, get it right. And then these kids didn't know what to do because that's not how this Asian loser is supposed to react. Mm -hmm. And the word chink did not belong in this loser's mouth. It belonged in the bully's mouth. And when this kid did it, they were like, holy crap, what do I do now? So, Simon Tam, who is that founding member of the slant, says the slants says that the act of claim, claiming an identity can be transformational because it can provide healing and empowerment, and it can well solidarity within a community. But most importantly, it can diminish the power of an oppressor and a dominant group, which is I think a theme that we will see in other communities that we will talk about in this episode later. And regarding the whole trademark rejection thing, Simon Tam talks, says that some guy who has no connection to my community is mm-hmm. telling me what's right and wrong for my right. community, which is what you talked about earlier about the government. And he, he said that if the slants win, marginalized communities will get a say in what's right for themselves. So to understand how reclamation works, I think we need to look at... Oh, sorry. We'll just cut that out and you can talk with Indian Americans. No, I think that was good. Like the transition. Yeah, because I was about to say black communities. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. So, um, I okay. think... Like, how are you going to transition? Because I, yeah. that's something you can like, so that's like awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, 
You should keep talking. No, just like say something. Say what you're going to say without the so. Say something on the other hand. <laughs> Por otro lado. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> you can say so, we can cut it out. Just say on the other hand so we can. Relatedly, uh, a slur that's often used to refer to Indians, especially because of like, like just, okay. Just like how um, Young said, just described how people would use a slur based on like a person's facial appearance. Um, the word dot head is often used to refer to Indians. Such as yourself. Such as myself. I'm Hindu. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Indian because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of Hindu women and girls wear uh, bindis on their forehead, also mm-hmm. called porta. And they're just, uh, it's just religious, it's supposed to be religious symbolism. But yeah, so like a lot of religious women will like wear a bindi on their forehead and it also has cultural significance and basically there was this hate group in jersey city new jersey called the dot busters and it was a mostly hispanic group and it was created um in 1987 and i i like to think that it was like a response to the economic turmoil of the decade and like a lot of hispanic people living in um jersey didn't have access to like uh, like they were having a hard time and they were struggling financially and and a lot of them saw Indians as like taking their jobs which is rhetoric that we see repeated in today right. repeated like now like people literally like Indians get shot in the parking lot of the of a grocery store for stealing people's job that that happened like what like two months ago it happens all the time and um, like, my mom will tell me about how, like, be careful because you never know when a white person's going to shoot you for stealing their dog. And it's, like, it's actually it's actually so scary because, like, the last time, like, I stole your job. Like, I can't steal your job. I don't have a job. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just going to read directly from uh, the, what the dot busters put in a local newspaper. And it's really badly written and spelled, so (laughs) that makes it really funny, but I'm just going to read directly from it. So it says, I'm writing about your article during July about the abuse of Indian people. Well, I'm here to state the other side. This is the side, you know, defending the hate against Indian people. I hate them. If you had to live near them, you would also. We are an organization called the Dot Busters. We have been around for two years. We will go to any extreme to get Indians to move out of Jersey City. If I'm walking down the street and I see a Hindu and the setting is right, I will hit him or her. We plan some of our most extreme attacks such as breaking windows, breaking car windows, and crashing family parties. We use the phone books and look up the name Patel. Have you seen how many of them there are? Do you even live in Jersey City? Do you walk down Central Avenue and experience what it's like to be near them? We have and we just don't want it anymore. You said that they will have to start protecting themselves because the police cannot always be there. They will never do anything. They are a weak race, physically and mentally. We are going to continue our way. We will never be stopped. It's so scary reading that because there are so many people who live right now who think those exact same things in about Indian communities living right. uh, like throughout the United States. Mm-hmm. So, for example, after Trump got elected, I go to a Sunday school 
uh, every Sunday, and we weren't we got threats from like uh like of like a shooting mm-hmm. uh, from like a from a person like someone called the center and it was really scary because we had to have police there like multiple times just to be able to make sure that like nothing would happen and a yeah. lot of people were really scared and that meant that we had to be a lot more cautious and protected especially because so many children are coming there mm-hmm. and the fact that like so many kids who like think America is their home have to deal with people like using these slurs to justify their violence is so scary um and the dot busters perpetuated violence against indians in jersey for a really long time and police didn't do anything at all because they didn't see a problem with it disappointed but not surprised yeah like uh and so eventually it took a lawsuit against the hoboken police department in order for anything to happen and i think this shows how like the fact that they're called a dot buster shows how like the a slur can be turned into something that can be used to essentialize a race of people and that slur allows people to access the violence that they hide within themselves and like reclaiming the slur is a way for uh, like minorities to take away what kind of ownership the oppressor thinks that they have over uh, a minority just like she was saying like by taking back uh the, the that word that she was referring to um the starter of the band was able to be like oh you don't have access to that word anymore it's mine i'm taking it back and without that kind of ownership we can't expect violence to stop because a slur is a path it's like a is a bridge between uh like just hatred and the violence that's associated with it i i think it's really interesting how the newspaper article that the adult sent in had no re- reason with it whatsoever it's just like i hate them and you should hate them too and i hate them yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, i understand what you meant by very poorly written also like earlier you talked about the job thing and i just want to say like for the record on this podcast if you only finish up to algebra 2 my dad is not stealing your job because my dad has a phd in electric electronic engineering and that's a job that his job is something that you wouldn't be able to do as somebody who you know only got it to algebra 2 and honestly what america needs is an education reform because all the high money earning earning jobs is in it and the american education system doesn't prepare students for that and that's why so many immigrants you know get all the high paying it jobs Mm -hmm. like it's your system's failure yeah yeah i just wanted to say Uh, that that (laughs) reminds me of me and young okay so me and young went to the women's march in in like like two years ago no No, last last year no i think this this year because okay we're we're recording this in early december 2018 yeah it was was this year okay it was this year and my parents came too and they were like really surprised to be to see like 
naked women yeah the topless mom yeah, yeah, yeah topless mom yeah. Shoot. and then my mom was like totally judging them like whatever yeah so it was all of that yeah and like my mom was like gay people exist in public? yeah and so uh anyway so <laughs> we um so we were walking and then this like these two like counter protesters with guns at their side and yeah, waving yeah, like giant make, flags too. yeah that said like make america great again came by and then and like, donald trump is still your president, president. yeah because like a lot of people were like that had signs that said like not my president hey, hey, or whatever oh, yeah oh. Donald, donald trump, trump has got, got to go, go. <laughs> yeah yeah whatever and so uh, they came over to where we were standing, and they were like, oh, like, if you're not a citizen, get out. Or, oh, no, no, I don't know first, first, first they said, Donald Trump is still your president. Mm-hmm. And I said something like, well, I'm a foreign citizen, and they heard. And they're like, then why are you here? And it's, like, actually a very scary, like, two seconds for me. Because yeah, because they literally had, literally gun had guns. Yeah, yeah. They were trying and, to incite violence. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then she walked away, and I was like... Because my dad is teaching your stupid kids. <laughs> but, yeah. My parents, like, still talk about that. They're like, oh, my God. She, like, <laughs> talked to them. And they, would, they had guns at their yeah. sides. And uh, I, don't, don't try this at home. <laughs> yeah. And I that's, like, that's what I think. That's the same. I feel like that's in the realm of, like reclaiming a slur like that's what you do when you reclaim a slur you say yeah we are foreign like i am a foreign citizen good for me like (laughs) you need me (laughs) okay but kids stay safe yeah also that yeah (laughs) yeah I, i feel like when we're talking about reclamation of slurs a community that we just have to talk about is the black community mm-hmm Oh, it is. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So, I feel like in a lot of ways, the black community has laid a foundation for a lot of other minorities to pursue their dreams in America. Like, without, uh, with, like, the black community has allowed us to see, like, how minorities can thrive in the United States. And they've given us a model for development mm-hmm. in a lot of ways that would that it would be harder for us to access if it weren't for them like a lot of and this manifests in a lot of like hurtful ways too in that Mm -hmm. um like a lot of times you'll see asian americans like trying to be black because they don't know how to like (laughs) embrace they don't know what an asian american identity is so there's that aspect isn't um that one like asian rapper dude rich chica yeah, but yeah. he he changed his name. It's like Rich Brian. Now. Oh really? Yeah, oh, which is good. Know. Good, yeah, for, good him. for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there are a lot of other examples, like Timothy Del De La Ghetto or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and there's like a lot of other examples of like Asian Americans trying to be black and or Aquafina. Uh, I, I don't know, like, for Aquafina, I heard that, like, she grew up in the Queens, Queens and, yeah. and that's why she talks like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, and, um, and then, who I'm else sure. is there, like, Lily Singh, like, I feel really? like, she, like, wears braids a lot, and it's, like, and, mm-hmm. like, I feel like, uh, and I read this article about how, like, she, like, tries to use black culture to her advantage, yeah. and mm-hmm. she grew up in, like, Toronto, so, like, a lot of... <laughs> These, like, Asian, the the Asian Americans who do, like, use black culture as a stepping stool Mm -hmm. to, like, their fame-dom. 
their famedom. Fame like, is a noun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their, their fame, like, often, like, throw it away as soon as it, as mm-hmm. soon as they get there. Like, a lot yeah. of people were saying that about, like, Aquafina's mm-hmm. SNL performance where she didn't have a black scent or whatever. Um, and, and, like, yeah, so that I, was... I feel like we should do... An, an, episode an entire on episode on African that. African-American vernacular English. Yeah, yeah. So AAV, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but the point I was trying to make was that without black people's presence in America, a lot of minorities mm-hmm. wouldn't have any way for them to understand how to exist in the society that America is. And without black people, we wouldn't have, like... We wouldn't know what to do, to be honest. Right. Yeah. Yeah, black people just, like, forced away in, like, legislative manners a yeah, lot, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So, I did a bunch of research about how the N-word empowers black people, but I accidentally just found a lot of people saying that they don't like it. Like, black people talking about reasons that they don't like calling each other the N-word, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's a perspective that's not as often considered, and I want to talk about them. So, I read an article by a person named Osa Fasehun from the Baudoin Orient. I think that's how you read it. It's like a college newspaper, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to read the college name. But um, this person said that the first reason that they don't like the N-word is that they would rather be called brother, cousin, fam, instead of the N-word because, like, brother or fam doesn't carry the meaning of you know this hurtful history and also he think also this person thinks that anybody studying history or reading literature about slavery should be able to use the word so that they know what that word feels like instead of like um euphemisms and watered down versions like saying the saying the n-word as in like the n-word instead of actually saying the word or racial slur he want uh, i keep saying he but i don't know if the author is he uh, they they say that they want their children to know the real history instead of a watered down version and then there's an african-american opera singer named De- denise graves who says that her mother told her that calling somebody else calling another black person calling another black person the n-word is continuing the oppressor's work which is i think the totally valid perspective but then again on the other side a linguist named andrew t jacobs says that african-americans use the word as quote a strategy for asserting the humanity of black people in the face of continuing racism a strategy that celebrates an anti-assimilationist vision of african-american identity because as like anti-assimilationist i think he means that we they could choose to not use the word to be perceived as part of a larger community because this is a word that could only be used within the african-american community and we like to pretend that poc communities are not different we like to pretend that america is more homogenous than it actually is but by saying this word they increase the solidarity within the group that and it's like the act of acknowledging that they are different and they don't have to be the same as the white group, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Tana Tana Coates, Tana Coates, Tana Coates. Yeah, Tana Coates wrote an article called "In Defense of a Loaded Word: 
and it's mostly about like why people can't say it because it's given context. And I could call my friend something that I would not let another classmate call her,、mm-hmm. or my dad can call my mom something that I can't call her、mm-hmm. because she's my mom.、Right. Yeah, so that is like the first half of the article. And then he addresses the concern of a certain Reverend Al Sharpton, who said that if you call yourself the N word, you can't get mad when someone treats you like that. And so Tanaishi Code says that to raise to raise black people to a standard where they cannot say the N word is to demand a double standard that places the burden of reducing racism and oppression on black people instead of white people who are essentially the the enablers of the system and also other non-black groups. And because it takes away the basic rule of communication and that words take on context, and to say that you can't say this word because I can't. Means that you do not deserve the basic rules of communication, where context matters.、Mm-hmm. You know, like our relationship matters, and to take away that basic rule is to take away a humanity.、Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting how like different communities reclaim words in different ways, though, because when I started talk- introducing the black community, as I said that. I feel like it's integral to the discussion of reclamation of slurs,、mm-hmm. but I think the queer community stands in not a dichotomy, but an interesting contrast in that they also reclaim the word that is originally a slur, but they don't limit the word within their community, and they actually like、uh, they're fine with like using it in academia、mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, yeah. So queer has been like traditionally used to just describe members of the LGBT community. Not not traditionally since the eighties. Yeah, since yeah. yeah, since like gay people were allowed to be out and they、mm-hmm. weren't judged in a majority of. I mean, they were judged, but they weren't judged by their immediate peers, like、mm-hmm. who were not part of the community.、Right. And、um, do you want to talk about this? Oh yeah, so going back to the trademark thing in the beginning, the show Queer Eye made it through trademarking. So Queer Eye for the straight guy worked,、mm-hmm. but I don't know what this was. But the name clearly queer somehow didn't make it through,、right. which actually shows how ineffective this system of trademarking really、right. is. Yeah, especially because like, like it's not it's an entity that's separate from the actual decision making that's doing、mm-hmm. the. Deciding of like this is a good thing, this is a bad thing. This is what what's a separate entity from us? Like the government entity、mm-hmm. is not the one is not any in any way involved is not in any way part of the community that's deciding、right. what、mm-hmm. like the name is going to be, and um the word queer has been reclaimed by many younger people, but it remains hurtful to older people in the LGBT community. Um, it's important to understand that a lot of people don't like the word. Queer、right. in reference to, like, as an umbrella term for、mm-hmm. a group of people, and so it's been used as a self-identifier. Like a lot of people say, like, I identify as queer.、Mm-hmm. Like,、uh, especially when you know you're part of the community, but you haven't. You're still like trying、yeah. to understand how exactly、mm-hmm. you feel or how you identify.、Right. Um, uh, so it's. I think the word is good in that. 
it allows for like individuals to like quantify how they feel about themselves in a way that um quantify or like at least like like, like, put a label that's broader? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or, like, realize the concept Yeah, of like, make it more tangible to themselves. Yeah. yeah. In a way that, like, maybe other words would not do for them, especially mm-hmm. because it's, like, LGBT is not just lesbian, gay, bi, and trans. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, in, like, intersecting, like, really specified identities within that, and sometimes it's easier or more like useful for a person to say I'm queer rather than say I'm like one of those four things or have a more specific identifier which like a person outside of the community wouldn't understand Mm -hmm. um and uh okay so Sally McConnell Janae okay professor of linguistics at Cornell University was known for her work with gender and sexuality and she says that reclaiming a word may require distance from the word while younger people don't have to remember that queer was once a slur the word is closely tied to hurtful personal experiences for older people and I think this is like manifested in like really weird ways (laughs) we use the word (laughs) (laughs) yeah um it in that like if you go to a pride event with like people of all ages at it, then you'll you're gonna you're going to see people like saying I am queer and like saying oh like, I'm here I'm queer yeah yeah I'm yeah. here I'm queer yeah, yeah. The- do you know that's been around since the eighties because I was doing like AIDS activism research earlier today and apparently they did that when they dumped ash on the White House lawn okay I I yeah. didn't know that at all <laughs> I didn't either yeah I thought it was newer yeah me too yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and but like. But, like, for a lot of older gay people or a lot of older older LGBT people, mm-hmm. um, the word queer was used by, like, was used by those outside of the community in a hurtful way in order mm-hmm. to say, like, you're odd, you're not normal, Peculiar. you're unnatural. Yeah. And, like, the unnaturalness, I think, is something shared by a lot of the slurs. You are not the same. Belonging. At, yeah, you don't belong where all of us are, mm-hmm. you're weird, you're not what we are, and for that reason, you deserve, you don't deserve the same as we do. Um, and so when people use queer as an umbrella term, it's, I personally think that's, it's not okay, and others choose to believe different things, but obviously, like, saying, like, like, mm, it's, I don't think it should be used as an umbrella term in that p- people who are part of the LGBT community can easily see that as super offensive to them. Yeah, I, I feel like there's got to be some word that encompasses the whole community. Mm-hmm. Because, like, first of all, like, we just adding to the acronym just isn't very practical, you know? Right, yeah. And I honestly, like, just feel like micro-labeling is not a very healthy practice Mm -hmm. so I I feel like just having something that's specific enough to give yourself but broad enough to encompass a lot of things Mm -hmm. can be helpful to a lot of people especially those who are questioning but um so I I think that if a person who identifies as queer Mm -hmm. or just like part of the community refers to the community as the queer community that's fine but also if like 
they know that somebody they're talking to doesn't like the term then that's something that they should it. respect yeah yeah I, I feel like but also like it's it's like used a lot in academia and at this yeah, point yeah. it's like, like queer feminism mm-hmm. or queer theory those are right. all like really prominent ideas right and, and yeah. also like a lot of allies use it mm-hmm. and they also use it in the same meaning as just like referring to the community so i i think that this is something that we're going to see changing especially as like a new generation gets older and more people will positively associate the word more than negatively yeah yeah i think that that's going to change a lot in the next few decades Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so refinery 29 did a survey on a bunch of people identifying themselves using words that were once slurs and the responses were mostly one either it makes it so that other people can't hurt you with this with these words or two they think the community that has been perceived as ugly is actually beautiful and positive so positive association making like mm-hmm. youngster was talking about um so and what's an interest an interesting thing to be thinking about is like how some words like queer have been positive positively accepted by a lot of people mm-hmm. while other words are still widely seen as super insulting and would never be accepted Mm -hmm. even though like i know i do know people who like use the f slur in reference to themselves Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases it's extremely hurtful like people wince like even as they hear it used by someone in the community Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think it's like when people use it they usually use it to make a statement right yeah yeah like they'll be like oh you called me this or like call me this or mm. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense like okay. yeah like uh i remember like one time that a friend of mine used it they were saying like yeah i am an f slur uh i take pride in being mm-hmm. that in right, response right. to like someone uh talking about uh gay people in general or like que- lgbt people in general yeah so usually when it is used it's in order to like place emphasis on the fact that they are a part of that community mm-hmm. i feel like personally because i moved here like america in 2015 like by the time i was here like most of the reclaimed words were already decently positively associated by the time i first heard it mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. so like there are words that i just don't have a big problem with even though i have a history of being hurtful mm-hmm. because the first time i heard the first few times i heard it they were in the context of being proud i think that's true just for a lot of young people especially mm-hmm. with the word queer because yeah like uh, like Uh, honestly like i've only really heard that word in a positive light like i've never heard anyone use the word queer in an insulting way okay well uh i remember okay youngsa just whispered a name to me about someone who has (laughs) and i remember this same person uh we were reading things fall apart (laughs) <laughs> and, oh no, what did they do? Uh, there's this word F-A-G-O-T, which means 
a bundle of wood. My brother actually learned it as part of his Kumon homework. So, yeah, Kumon is embracing uh, homophobia, just so you know. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And, like, uh, yeah, so that word was in the book, and this person took the time out of the class to go talk to the person sitting next to them who identifies as LGBT and who pro- and he probably knew that they identified as LGBT and be like, oh my god, it says F-A-G-O-T. Oh my god, I can't he believe it says that. But he times, said right? the word like 12 times. And, then, <laughs> and it was like actually disgusting just to see that. And it's like slurs have this power over people to just be like totally like to like grab a discussion and make it all about them like and or like even turning an environment that was once positive into like totally negative and totally uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh even if like someone sings it in a song as soon as they say the word like obviously not like in the, the original person singing the song like if someone who is not black says the n-word while they're singing a song immediately after that happens everyone like turns to them and no one knows what to do and it's this situation where like do you accept it or like do you move on or do you like fight them on it yeah i yeah sorry yeah no yeah no so while i was doing my research i actually found this article about how so many young people just associate the n-word with just hip-hop yeah and a lot of rappers like let their white fans sing it and everything and, like, did they have a specific example or like? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, it's fine. Jay Z, I think. Oh, seriously? No. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, Jay Z, and okay. like Beyonce was like saying the word with him, like I'm the N word yeah. or something. And then there's somebody else that they mentioned. Sorry, where was I going with this? Uh, so they let their white fans say it. What were we talking about before that? Like how it has the power to like change the situation. Mm, that's not what I'm thinking about. Oh, so I, I think, like, the the discussion of the N-word is also something that's, like, way more nuanced than we as people who, first of all, aren't black or white, and second, like, aren't really, like, in a situation where we would ever want to say it because, yeah. like, neither of us, like, really listen to <laughs> that much yeah. hip-hop. Yeah, I only listen to white hip-hop. <laughs> Eminem, I listen to Korean hip-hop. Uh, Korean hip hop has so many problems. We can talk about that another day. But uh, I was gonna say. Yeah. Something. So we're not no, black no, or no, white. I was going to say something. We're in a, the N word discussion is super nuanced. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go somewhere at that. Oh yeah. So I I feel like just don't say it. It's not that hard to not say it. And this just goes with a lot of things like. A lot of people feel like their freedom of speech is somehow oppressed and they're censored when they're told that they can't say something. <laughs> oh like, mm. but it's really like, why can't you choose another word? Like, if if anybody is offended, like you might think that the person offended is a wimp, but why not be a good person? Yeah. Try not to insult anybody, and like you could. I feel like. In almost every case, there is a word, another word that you can use. In, right. Instead of calling something gay, you can call it, 
I don't know why is it so feminine, which is also a problem, but also like you could do that. Uh, don't like <laughs> just say why is it like not what I wanted it to yeah. be. Yeah, like, like, like instead of saying why, like, it's not even funny. Like <laughs> I don't know, like I'll, like literally two guys in my discrete class, they'll be like, oh my gosh, this proof is so gay, and it's like that's not <laughs> what is that even supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, like no, it's not gay at all. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> in relation to that, I was talking to someone about, like, how uh, we're not allowed to say, like, why a per- non-black person shouldn't say the N-word, because mm-hmm. I have to have this discussion all the time, because <laughs> Indian boys think they're cool if they say the N-word when they're not. And, uh, and so I was saying, like, oh, like, don't use the N-word, you're not black. And then they were like, well... I was, like, watching a movie. Keep in mind, these people probably know, like, one black person who was our Lang teacher. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, that's probably the only black person they know. And and they're like, well, like, the N-word, like, a lot of black people give... <laughs> yeah, says not over this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give, give them, like, an N-word pass. Or Made a record reflect that I'm literally face-palming on the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay so they'll like they'll be like oh my god i get a ticket to say the n-word because i live in the hood like that means i can say the n-word right no you don't yeah exactly like at, first you of live- all you don't live in the hood you live in the phoenix area but and you're away enough your dad's an engineer and your mom's an it person yeah. like no you don't live in the hood so even if <laughs> Black friend, black people are giving their white friends a pass. So you definitely don't get that pass. And one black person isn't representative of the entire community of black people who've reached a consensus that people of other races do not have the right to say the N word. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually talked to a guy who's about two years older than me, I think, mm-hmm. and he's an Italian immigrant. Mm-hmm. He's been here for about. At that point, he was here for about three or four years, Mm -hmm. and he was a high school senior. Mm -hmm. And he and I were talking, and he asked me stuff that made me lead to a political, made us lead to a a political discussion, Mm -hmm. which I'm always down for. But also, he brought it up. But anyway, he was like, "Oh, I feel like racism doesn't really exist." No, no, he he said that. um, Mm -hmm. Usually, if somebody gets beat up, it's the black kids beating up the white kids. I'm like, that's. That's not how racism works. It's, like, systematic, but okay. All right, we'll move away from that now. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and so, continuing the discussion we were having before, that same person was saying, like, well, if I, like, wanted to say, like, the N-word is bad, how come I can't say the N-word? Like, how come I can't say that word when I'm referring to it even if i'm not using it in reference to someone oh is that a question yeah yeah oh so actually my dad asked me this earlier because i was like researching Mm -hmm. last minute because neither of us do anything she does way more than i do yeah (laughs) (laughs) i should get paid but but anyway so like um i was talk telling my dad what i was researching and he was like oh that word Mm -hmm. and he said it okay can for the people listening who don't really understand this dynamic i just want to uh let you guys know that my dad like just didn't know that it's like 
a very, 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 very taboo word. He knew that it was a bad word, but he didn't know that it was like a super bad word, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't like understand that you're like not supposed to say that. And I was like, Dad, I told you three times that you're not supposed to say that. He's like, really? And I was like, yes, don't say it. And he was like, so he wasn't going to fight me on it, but he was like, I mean, technically, there's nothing that you can't say. And I was like, I mean, yeah, but you like shouldn't say this even in reference to it because it's so associated with an especially hurtful history. Like, even though all slurs are in a way like associated with a hurtful history, the N word especially is deriving from like uh, a very institutional, systematic, like violent like more violent than other oppression because slavery as an institution was just very violent and brutal and existed for much longer yeah and it's just like so entrenched in the society that mm-hmm. it makes it that much worse yeah like that's why it was so powerful and like when michelle obama like said like black built black people built this white house mm-hmm. and then yeah. like bill o'reilly had the nerve to be like no they didn't they did <laughs> like <laughs> black black slaves are instrumental to the foundation of this country and they get like and no credit yeah they get no credit but also like every institution of america was built upon slavery and then now that it's gone it has found other ways to like hurt black people and hurt minorities in general right okay so i want to finish up by talking about another group was trademark this group actually succeeded even though they had a former slur and I'm just going to say the word because this is one of the words that I feel like isn't like a super, 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 super taboo word, but I'll try to say it only once. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dykes and Bikes is a lesbian motorcycle club that participates in events like Pride, and they have a bunch of chapters across the world, mostly US. And the term was coined by the members themselves at the 1976 San Francisco Pride Parade, and now it encompasses other people in the community as well. And it, too, was rejected trademark registration in, like, 2003 or something because, again, of the use of a slur in the name. But after a few years of legal battles in 2006, their name was registered after proving that the lesbian community not only did not object to the group's name, but actually supported it. Like, they did a bunch of surveys and sent it in. But the thing is, like, they made it through, but the slants didn't. So, again, the system is very flawed. But anyway, the um, this is something that Indu brought up earlier, talking about how the government as an entity, entity <laughs> is separate from the people who should be deciding whether or not this is allowed. Uh, the lawyers argued that the perception of, of the general public and the government, I suppose, are irrelevant and whether something is offensive is based on the perceptions of the individual referred to and or identified by it. So this group made it through and they are doing very well. And they're like the like iconic reclamation of <laughs> the slur iconic lesbian thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so, Youngsa, yeah. what do we think about the future of reclamation of slurs? I feel like a lot of slurs are going to be reclaimed just because, like, the starting effort of this reclamation will mean that more people will, again, as we talked about earlier, more positively associate a word than negatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think 
a lot of words will end up being reclaimed. Yeah. I had this conversation with my econ teacher about how, like, like developing countries will never catch up with developed countries because, like, when... So, like, when a de- when developing countries get to, like, late stages of capitalism, like, the developed countries will have advanced so far forwards that, like, advanced capitalism is not, like, the most advanced stage. And I was just thinking about that right now when Yang So was talking about how, like, there are becoming, like, more positive associations between, like, slurs and, and the people who those slurs use like used to refer to and still are being referred to and the fact like even as we like get steps closer and closer to like some kind of weird like equality (laughs) uh, which I I don't I don't think can ever be achieved like there are more and more problems that get set forth and become realized like there are problems right now that exist that you all of us don't realize even exist because those problems aren't like like talked about yet yeah like we don't know that those problems exist because they're just so impossible for like a minority to understand how a white person a white like male a white cis male lives in america a white rich cis male heterosexual too yeah 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 Yeah, so we don't, I don't know how a person like that lives. And the fact that I don't know that means that there's like probably a lot of advantages that he has that I will never understand. And so I'll never be able to say like, hey, I don't have this thing because I don't know that that thing exists. And I found it like one direction, one thing. Like you have that one thing, but I don't know what that one thing is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like... I'm like Louis and Zane. Like I don't know what he has, but I really want it. But I'm never gonna know my entire life, and maybe like my granddaughter will, and then finally that problem will be addressed. But like I'm never gonna get there, and that kind of like makes me really sad. Honestly, really, I I think like my personal philosophy. I think it is the same person as the one who said that racism doesn't really exist. Uh, so somebody asked me like why like it's impossible to create an entirely equal world like why do we even try and oh and the thing is like it doesn't matter that we're never going to achieve it because we still have to try to give everybody equal chances be nice to everybody like yeah yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. yeah i think it's about making the best world that we possibly can mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that sounded a little socialist <laughs> which isn't a problem here yeah I, uh yeah we'll, we'll talk about my economic views on another day i feel like i don't think of, i have economic yeah views. i feel like a lot of my like economic opinions came out in the affirmative action episode yeah yeah because that's like pretty much it so there's no point in talking more about it mm-hmm. so everybody listen to the affirmative action episode again if you want to Okay, well, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. 
Tweet us at once colonized. Give us attention at once I was colonized on Instagram. Talk to us about slurs and let us know what you think. And see you next week. We Bye-bye. love you. <laughs>